How are you uh, feeling with all those people, not only journalists going around, but all those people saying bombed and bombed and bombed and... and well, I, I had it uh, up to here, you know, yeah. but uh, I had an 18-week commitment to come back and do this, and I know that going into it. All I ask is that when I finish on the, on the 20 past five, that's me finished. How far can you go with violence? How far can you go? Yes. To death. To death. Welcome to Quantum of Misses, the James Bond podcast that experiences 007 the old-fashioned way, in a random order designed to mirror the whims of the ITV schedulers in the 80s and 90s. I'm Christopher, and this is the Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Pardon? Are you being an... I was going to say eligible, that's not the right word. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm being a, I'm being a Las Vegas croupier. <laughs> because we have just been watching Diamonds Are Forever. Forever, forever. You're gonna get a lot of that, guys. <laughs> what did you think of Diamonds Are Forever? Well, I've only seen the first bit. The first of bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like us going back to Sean Connery, Shashan. Um, it's quite fast-paced beginning, at the beginning, but I'm finding it a bit slow now. Are you in the exciting tale of a diamond smuggling operation? Yeah, where everyone's just, where are the diamonds? Where are the diamonds? Tell me where the diamonds are. I'll double-cross you, double-cross me, then I'll double-cross them, and yeah, another double-cross, come on. But there's so much round about that to be... There's a lot of 70s that I'm sure you're very much <laughs> loving. We are very much enjoying the 70s of this film. Yes, indeed. So what what have you enjoyed of the film? Well, can we start with the gun barrel? We can certainly start <laughs> with a gun barrel, yes. I like the fact we've got a traditional gun barrel done right with a hat. Are you just saying that? Or, <laughs> you, or do you genuinely feel that? Um... It was done right. If I have to comment on anything, I will comment on the fact it was done right. It was done right. And he was wearing a hat. I know. Yes. You didn't notice he has a wee wobble at the end, Sean. Oh, no, I just saw saw the the camera obviously moving back and forward like it does at the end. Mm -hmm. But I didn't notice he had a wee wobble. Oh, he has a little wobble. Yes, so the gun battle was there. Then we were straight into the pre-title sequence. Yes. Japan. Japan. It's like, cocoon, stereotypical, Japan. Yes. Uh, fight. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to get from... Well, you don't see him. You don't see him to begin You do with. hear him, so I knew which you one it was. You know who it yeah. is, yes. Um, so he's trying to find out from the person he's fighting where... Well, initially we don't know who he is. That he's who saying. he is looking for. Yeah, yeah. And the first uh, suggestion is a Jap- Japanese man who says Cairo. Well, you say says Cairo. Mm-hmm. But it's some of the worst dubbing I've ever seen. <laughs> this whole so you film hear, was dubbed. So you hear Cairo, and he doesn't move his lips. <laughs> so he says Cairo. Maybe he's a ventriloquist. Maybe that's his secret skill, which is why he's been recruited by an enemy agency. Maybe. And then... So then we go to Cairo. How do we know that we're in Cairo? Because there's a fez. Yeah, there's lots of fez. <laughs> Every man is wearing a fez. <laughs> And then he, the man, a man says, hit me, and then he gets hit. I mean, he's saying hit me in a kind of gambling kind of yes, way. Yes, yes. And then he gets hit. I'm glad you noticed that, Fiona. What? Thank you for pointing that out to me. I hadn't spotted that that was why he said hit me. I'm being sarcastic now. I'm doing it for the Oh, for the listeners, listeners yeah. They've probably seen the film as well. <laughs> I can just shut up now if you want. <laughs> no, carry on. I love listening to you. Just shut up now. <laughs> yes, he says. So and then he says, ask says, Marie. Ask Marie. And we see, what well, I presume it's Marie. Mm-hmm. Say hello, and then just sort of 
offer herself to this random stranger that's walking up. He's not a random stranger. He is Sean Connery slightly past the peak of his powers. <laughs> well, he's still apparently got the magic voodoo. Can I tell you, Fiona, that did you, did you spot what he was wearing? He was wearing. Yeah. Short sleeve shirt with, uh, looked like it's made out of curtains that my mum had in the early 80s. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, two button down, uh, chest pockets and epaulets. I was looking to buy something like that. I thought, that's, that's, that, that's the style. That's the style. That's what I want. Hopefully people would see it in a sort of ironic sense now. <laughs> but then, um, he rips her bikini off and tries to strangle her with it. Yes. Which, I'm not sure if I'm more upset by the brash sexual assault, but then he's going to be trying to kill her. So, in the grand scheme of things, it seems appropriate. I don't know. You're conflicted. Uh, well, I, I'm confused as to uh, whether that makes it worse or, or no different. Well, this is, I think this is a perfect opportunity for you to, to think about that. Mm. I think the interesting thing about this, well, one of the interesting things about this pre-title sequence for me is that it starts in Japan. Mm-hmm. Now, the previous film to this was On a Magic Secret Service, starring George Lazenby. Mm-hmm. And the previous film to that was You Only Live Twice, mm-hmm. starring Sean Connery, and set in Japan. Now, On a Magic Secret Service... Do you think was... they just used some old footage? No, 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 no. It was definitely new film That's why stuff. they had to dub him, say, Cairo. <laughs> no, no, no. Definitely okay. new stuff. But I do wonder if, given that A Magic Secret Service had been comparatively poorly received and now they were back with Sean Connery I wonder if they were trying to make out that on a Magic Secret Service just didn't happen oh is it so it's like that he's still, still in Japan, Japan and he's now looking for Blofeld mm. anyway have you thought any more while I've been in that as to whether it was a good thing a bad thing or a neutral thing that he strangled the woman with I think I'm going with neutral it's just what must happen in the world of international espionage. Well, it's sunbathing. just, if he's going to threaten to kill her, then why not with a bikini? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, she does tell him where he is, doesn't mm-hmm. she? Well, we then cut to Blofeld. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Bond turns up very soon after. So, uh, we presume that she does tell him. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Blofeld is in somewhere talking about plastic surgery, mm-hmm. and he says, it has to happen tonight. So we're obviously thinking it's him who's getting the plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing um, is they're rubbing some kind of soup onto <laughs> some man. How much do you know about plastic surgery? I n- never came across that <laughs> as a part of the system. Which bit of it involves hot mud? Liquid hot. But it has to be left overnight. I know. So he's meant to stay in there to heal after the surgery in this kind of soup. Did they um, say that? Heal? That'll be used No, well, it's kind of assuming. assuming. You're, you're assuming that, yeah. right? Um, now, again, this soup bowl is within some kind of cave system, which <laughs> is very evil man's lair. Yep. Uh, so we get we're hitting all of the main things again here. in you only live twice. It's in the volcano layer. Yeah, that could be inside a volcano with you know the hot mud, mm-hmm. that could be the liquid hot magma. Mm. Liquid yes, because there are pools magma. of hot mud which come into play later. Later on. Um, so Bond, well, you see a doctor going in where Blofeld gives some instructions to, but then you see a doctor lying on the ground, and then you go, aha! Mm-hmm. The actual doctor that's just walked in is Bond which with the mask. And, but, even though the man who's just had, who we think is Blofeld, has just had the surgery in the soup, is probably fairly, not unconscious, but you know, groggy after his event. He still has a gun in the soup that he can point. Um, Ron floods his mud, floods him with more mud, Mm -hmm. and thinks, job done! But then, making mud pies, 007. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Um, 
so he Blofeld tells his henchman to um kill get, Bond. Get him. Get him. Mm-hmm. And Bond is just throwing knives at them or whatever and scare mm-hmm. the scaffolds. Uh, and and Blofeld does just stand there watching for quite a long time before he actually does <laughs> anything himself. Well. well, he does grab a knife eventually, knife. yes. Well, I did quite enjoy the sort of mousetrap in his pocket. <laughs> he's that a gun hole, he's holster. Very handy, but like, what about if you want your gun? What if you inadvertently, because you're a secret agent that used to reach for your gun, stick your own hand in your own gun holster? Yeah. Did you think that that baddie looked like Bruce Forsyth? I thought with his great big sideboards. Oh yeah, no, I could see where see yeah. where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bond overpowers Blofeld as well. Mm-hmm. Straps him to a trolley, and pushes him into the pool of liquid hot magma. Or boiling mud. Or boiling mud. Yes. Either way, he's dead. Yes. And then you just but cut. Pussy isn't dead. To a random cat. Well, Blofeld's cat. Blofeld quite famously has a cat. I know, but I don't know what I'm meant to know at this point. Oh, right. Uh, well, you've seen you live twice. He had a cat in that. And okay. round the cat's neck is... Diamonds. Diamonds up on him. Now we go to the title sequence. Yes, we do. Now, it is quite a simple graphics of diamonds. Yeah. And occasionally a woman. And I'm not sure we've got the real surreal Bond theme going here. Oh, it's not what you're liking. No, it's not enough. It's too diamondy it's, and womany. Well, it's also it's not freaky enough, you know, you right. might have diamonds coming out the eyes of the woman or mm-hmm. something like that. Um but <laughs> the song is fabulous. Diamonds are forever And Shirley Bassey is also good at singing yeah. it. So it There's gets extra points for that. No, you're better, darling. <laughs> Te- particularly when you do that thing trying to pretend to be Shirley Bassey. Shh. That's just for us. In the privacy of my <laughs> own bedroom. Uh, though we did get quite a lot of nipple action. Did we? Yeah. You're, you're very you're very observant of the nipple action. So, uh, towards the end, there's a sort of purple girl. You can oh, actually, okay. Yeah. So, um, was she the one that was dancing there? Like, I, 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 I will say that I will give them the benefit of the doubt and say that the film of her dancing was somewhat slowed down, rather than they clearly drugged her and made her dance, which is a whole different <laughs> level of wrong, if that's what was happening. I didn't notice okay. anyone looking particularly drugged with their dancing. So so then we open at M giving Bond some kind of diamond class. <laughs> diamond class, 007. And then we get this other guy, who's see. Oh, he's some sort of diamond expert. Well, the the I think he was more from the treasury or was, was commodities from the, or something, you know, that, yeah. you know. Um, who does a massive South African diamond mines info dump. Yes. <laughs> In case you didn't know about the South African diamond mining, here it is. Yes. The diamond the diamonds get dug out of the ground. By very trusted employees. Very trusted. Well, so trusted that we mentioned that twice, how tight the security is. Mm-hmm. And how tr- but it, although I think that's meant to be, you can... Um, I think that's meant to be a sort of tongue-in-cheek, obvious yeah. juxtaposition of guess what they're all at it because we see various uh, diamond mine workers slipping diamonds into their boots, into their mouths, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, we kind of—I think maybe this, this is kind of cut up. Bond and M and the story of the diamonds is kind of yes. sliced up, so we might be better to do one or the other. So, which one do you want to do first? Well, it's also cut up with the people in the desert. Yeah, well, that that's part of the diamond story. Okay. Just do what you want to do. Just do, well, let's talk about M and Bond. What is What ultimately becomes the mission for Bond? Is someone stockpiling diamonds, which they could either flood the market and reduce the value of diamonds, or blackmail them that they're going to do that. Because they're, they've got such a great... Stockpile. Way of extracting the diamonds from the usual pipe, from the yes. legitimate pipeline. But, um, so Bond has to go and find out who is stockpiling. And as Bond quite rightly says, uh, double O agent doing this? Kiss Kiss Yes. But this guy has apparently persuaded the Prime Minister that this needs MI6 involvement. So he, go, he goes off to, well, he's sent off to Amsterdam to pretend to be a guy called Peter Franks. And now let's go back to the start of the diamond okay. chain, which is the men go to a dentist, mm-hmm. 
if a dentist extracts the diamonds from their teeth and pays them money. So do they just put them in their teeth? I don't understand that. Well, they, 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 the, the diamond miners secrete the diamonds wherever they can. Mm. And then at some point they go to the dentist because that's mentioned as the healthcare is laid mm. on. And before they go into the dentist, they stick the diamonds in their mouth. While the dentist is examining them, he takes the diamonds out of their mouth. Yeah, so they're not really... their money. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's it's not really a... They could easily hold it in their hand and give it to them. I mean, it doesn't have to be the dentist. It's not yeah. an extraction, per se. Yeah, but I think in this... Oh, I see what you mean. Like, it's not embedded in their teeth. No. No. Okay. But I think it, the, the diamonds that we are following, the dentist is the first link in the chain. Yeah, so he, he gets the diamonds from the miners. Mm-hmm. And then we see these two characters in the in the desert. Mr. Wint and Mr. Kidd. Well, I thought it was Wink. No, it's Wint. But because then it would be like Kitty Wink. Oh, that would be good, <laughs> but it's not. Can we not pretend it is Wink? <laughs> you can say Wink if you like. Wink. I enjoy a Wink from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the biggest winkers on this podcast, I'll tell you that. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, they are... Ch- one day our children or grandchildren might listen to this. I know. I can't wait. I know. <laughs> I'm worried about my parents listening to this, but anyway. <laughs> so, they're chatting about a scorpion, and then when the dentist comes up with the diamonds he's taken from the miners... Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, who are you? And they're so like, the real guy can't be here. So he goes, all right, then you can have the diamonds, which seems a bit odd. Yeah, well, they give him the money. Did we actually see the money go? Yeah, they give him money. Oh, okay. Um, and, but then when he's saying, can you look at Mr. Kid's sawtooth? He then puts a scorpion down, down his, back his back and kills him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we cut to, some kind of third world school where some... No, the helicopter arrives. All right, you go on, you do it then. The helicopter then arrives, expect... Well, it's kind of strange because the dentist is expecting to meet somebody called Joe, but then when the helicopter arrives, it's expected to meet the dentist. So what's that about? But surely the helicopter will be meeting Joe, but anyway, let's let's gloss over that. So when the dentist... uh, When the helicopter arrives, where's the dentist? And Mr. Mr. Kidd said, oh, he was taken on well, bitten by the bug... You see what they, they did get, there. They get the good length, um, and so they give them the box of diamonds, and off flies the helicopter, which then promptly explodes. And then they say, if, my, if God had meant man to fly, Mr. Wint, he would have given him wings, Mr. Kidd. And then they walk off into the sunset. Holding hands. Holding hands. So let's hear it for Mr. Wint and Mr. Kidd. Well, they are, they are a gay couple. They are. Because there's a comment later that I quite enjoyed as well. <laughs> Yes. What do you think about that? I like the fact... Except that we haven't seen the whole film. I like the fact that they're gay, but they're not, like, overly stereotypical Mm -hmm. gay. They're just a couple of dangerous henchmen or assassins or whatever you want Mm -hmm. to call them that happen to be gay. I quite like that. Well, I have... Obviously, I am not gay, and neither are you, but I have seen people who are gay saying that actually Wint and Kid were one of the few vaguely positive um even though they're evil men. Of gay because because even though they're evil men, their gayness, you know, their it's homosexuality incidental. is yeah. incidental to yeah. that. They just are and they are just accepted as that. Mm. And they are not subject to any abuse or anything like that as a result of it. Um so yes, let's hear it from Mr Wint and Mr. Kidd. Um then they go to the school where the oh, old yes. lady is teaching the African children about an umbrella. See, I, th- I think it's quite clever, the script of this film, Tom Mankiewicz's script. Because it's like, that is the thing. There is no reason. I appreciate she's teaching them the letter U. But it's like teaching them the letter U via the word umbrella. In Africa. In Africa. When are they not, ever going to need an umbrella? Yeah. No, no. Um, cause I think, I think it, it's kind of given a sly wink to the, to the knowing audience there. Mm. Um, she, but they meet her and they tell her she has to go to Amsterdam. But, but obviously, yes, she she does this a lot. Yes. Where am I off to next, boys? 
and 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 she hides the diamonds in the Bible, so it, it's all a big cover up. Mm-hmm. Her, her being some kind mm-hmm. of missionary to uh, diamond smuggling. Yes. Which again, I quite like the use of an old lady there. Yeah. Well, it's a non-stereotypical it's, thing. Yeah, it was one of these things. Going, who's going to attract the least suspicion? Yeah. Um, and when we get to Amsterdam, we see her being fished out of the yes. canal. But uh, before then, before so let's go by. Now we can do the story in full. So Bond's off to be Peter Franks in Amsterdam. So um, they, when Peter Franks gets to Dover or somewhere, passport control onto a ferry. Um, hovercraft, sixty seventies hovercraft. Well, we didn't know that at that point. Oh, I see. Um, he he then he was told there's a message for him at passport control. He goes in and we just see Mrs. Moneypenny coming out and then Bond sitting in his car. So we're like, oh, well, he's been he's been got, I presume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Bond makes some comment about how Miss Moneypenny looks nice in the uniform. And off it says, shall I get you anything from Amsterdam? And she says a diamond in ring shape. Mm-hmm. And then he go, he looks at her and goes, would a tulip do? And she just goes, yes, in her pathetic, pathetic way. <laughs> I feel that Miss Money, every time we get a film where Miss Money Penny somehow redeems herself for you, we then get a film where she sits herself right back again. I know. <laughs> so then he gets on the 60, 70s hovercraft mm-hmm. uh, and off he goes to Amsterdam. Well, we have a bit of a tourist spiel. Yes, about the skinny bridge. And, and just like we're on a tourist boat hearing it. And yeah. obviously this builds up to, as you say, the tourist boat seeing this body being pulled out of the water. But it is quite a nice scenes of Amsterdam mm-hmm. element of it. Um, apart from the dead body. Apart from the dead body. <laughs> um, and then we see Bond arrive in his car. Oh, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, to meet his contact. To meet his contact, T Case. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to the room and he sees some. Blonde woman just disappearing to go and get changed. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes back out, she's a brunette. Mm-hmm. Not really with match clothes on. And then... <laughs> is, that, is that a hint of uh, judgment in your voice there, Fiona? Well, it's not appropriate for a business deal. And <laughs> he asks her... Uh, she asks, do you prefer blondes or brunettes? Because she obviously wears a lot of wigs. And uh, he says, as long as the colours and cuffs match... And I was like, come on, guys, it's a bit early in the day to just straight in there about collars and calves, eh? <laughs> it's a bit early in the day. We've only just met. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. But he gets a drink off her. Mm. Which she then cunningly uses to take his fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite liked her little sort of um, dressing table come... <laughs> spy ring mm-hmm. equipment thing you know it all seemed to be to hand so that was quite good um and uh and then when she goes back in to check the fingerprint against the one she's got for massive screen of his fingerprint mm-hmm. doesn't need to be that big well easy to see no um for frank it matches surprisingly frank peters or peter franks peter franks which one, which one? um and then he, she comes out again with some kind of loose clothing over her bikini that she was previously wearing. And, and he did the, the line, um. That's a very nice little nothing you're almost wearing. Yes. Which I, you know, I, I thought I quite liked it, even though it was obviously pointing out the bleeding obvious. <laughs> but then she does a line that's like, I don't dress like this for the hired help. Yeah. Putting him right in his place. Um, and then we hear later on how he managed to dupe her into believing he is Peter Franks Peter by Franks. wearing a false fingerprint. Ha 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 ha. As if he knew that was going to happen. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe standard actor. Standard issue, standard actor. No, because he, he thanks, uh, he thanks Q. Q for it, yeah. For it. Uh, you on that phone call also passes over some vital in- mission information that you wouldn't have thought would just be in a very gossipy way, which you wouldn't have thought would be this is vital information for 007 to use to know the, the man who he is in, who he is impersonating has escaped. Yes. Uh, but Kiana, did you know 
No, he did say, oh, I've got to tell you this thing. All oh, right. And you don't th- think that Bond phones in that often, so maybe. Yeah, he does speak to Q all the time. Yeah, mate, Q, what's going on? <laughs> so then Frank, Frank arrives at Tiffany Case's apartment. Mm-hmm. And I think he was quite good at pretending to be foreign and, and getting in without Frank's really noticing. I speak English. Uh-huh. And then when they're in the lift. First off, uh-huh. if you were, he was obviously planning to kill Franks. Yes. So why wouldn't you just stab him or bring a gun? Well, I think I think he's become I think he's become affected by all the people that just should just kill him. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'll try this way. So not only does he try and kill him by fighting him in a tiny tiny glass box, uh-huh. <laughs> he breaks the glass initially by just pulling his elbow back. Yeah, that's that's a, he makes a mistake. But, yeah, um, that's a mistake. Yes. Um, it's a good fight though. It's brutal. And then it's all Connery. Yes, uh, and now at one point when um, Frank's has the big shard of glass. Oh yes. And he's Bond sticks his hand out and pushes the door, oh, on, the door it. on it. He yeah. actually drops the glass when nothing's actually touching him. <sighs> so I'd, no, it wasn't very well done. Oh okay. I like I like the, the amount the number of um, lethal weapons that are just hanging about the hallway of a Amsterdam tower block or Amsterdam tenement like the very hard uh, fire extinguisher the fire axe the um, crowbar that you can just you get to use in the Mm. in the event of this yeah but anyway he kills him Mm -hmm. swaps the wallets and convinces uh, Tiffany that he uh, is Bond yes now, everybody seems to know who James Bond is. They always do. Because nobody goes seems to know what he looks like. Oh, I know. How can you be famous? This is a famous man that no one knows what he looks like, or what he sounds like, or anything. Mm. Should we gloss over that? <laughs> I think we're going to have to. So they... Now, I didn't really understand that Franks was meant to get the diamonds to Las Vegas. But yes, that's what he was being paid for. So why does she go too? Well, I think the thing, because the other question is, why isn't she killed by Winton Kidd? Since everybody along the chain is being killed, and she's done the ch- she's done her bit of the chain by then. Yeah. But she's she's clearly more involved because she then gets sent to America as well. Mm. So maybe her 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 next um, link, her next point in the plan plan comes up later on in America, but we don't get that far. I don't know because she certainly isn't the very next connection. Yeah. Because that's uh, Shady Tree. But anyway. So, um, we get onto a plane. Yes. Where instantly we are um, presented with the ridiculous Lufthansa hat uniform thing. <laughs> Do they really have uniforms like yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. I, I so, so used to ride to see in the early 70s um, people on planes, stewards on planes, didn't even think about that as being one of the very 70s things in this very 70s film. Yes. And then you see Kid and Wince on the aeroplane as well. Uh-huh. And then one of them comments that um, Tiffany Case is quite attractive for a lady. For a lady. And then the other one's Mr. not happy. Mr. Wince is not happy. No. Yeah. He's a jealous, uh, he's a jealous man, I think. Yes. Now, there's this bit of the plot that I'm not quite sure of. Okay. So there's an established chain of events that's meant to take these diamonds to Las Vegas. Yes. It involves the real Peter Franks. Yes. That I got the impression was established before this whole thing started. The full chain was established. I don't think so. I think because I think Franks is a. I don't think Franks has been in the chain before. Franks has been a diamond smuggler before, but he hasn't been in so, this chain before. So they just took the opportunity of the dead Bond to use the body to smuggle the diamonds in. Yes. And all of the slumbering and all of that is all new to the plan. Possibly. I know it starts to get shaky here. <laughs> because they didn't know they'd have a dead... Or No, they didn't know they'd they have a dead body. They didn't know they'd have a dead body, no. Because... No. Unless so Bond stumbled upon Peter Franks' plan. Slumber Inc. with all the people involved and that element of 
put the diamonds here and someone picks them up and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. All established since Francis Guild. You could say yes, it is. You could say that basically what Franks had to do was get the diamonds somehow to Shady Tree. But why would they use... Oh, Shady Tree being that comedian guy. Yeah. And he just so, happened to be told to turn up at the slumbering. Yeah, but there's a problem with that, which is that later on in the casino, when Bond is trying to get big credit... Oh, yes, they use slumber He shows ink. the slumber ink wallet um, envelope, yeah. which makes Bert Saxby, the casino manager, say, all right, okay, which means that slumber ink has to be in the thing, I know. which blows the whole thought out of the water. Okay, that's right. It's yeah. not just me, then. No, it's not just you. So, anyway, we're back at the aircraft, um, and uh, Lighter... Lighter? Felix Lighter. Felix Lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretends to be the uh, customs money so that the bo- the body can get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bond's grateful for that. Um, and then Bond has to get into this hearse. But Felix, has to, Felix wants to know where the, how did you get the diamonds in? And Bond says, Elementary. My dear Felix. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> they were up his arse. I know. Uh, A lot of diamonds. I know, but, but Bond I, thought, I thought the. Alimentary canal, which is what he's talking about, yeah. is your throat. No, I think it's your ass. I think it's your ass. Which means there must have come a point at which someone put their ass up a dead body to get the diamonds out. Well, no, Bond and Tiffany had to put the diamonds up there because the diamonds were in Tiffany's chandelier, and so and that must have been a fun evening. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then Bond has to get into the house with the stupid Godfather people, <laughs> the stupid gangsters. Yes. yes. Who are going to drive the body to Las, to Las Vegas. Now, you and I, on our trip across America, we drove from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. It took us about five hours. In, that, in the front of that car? In the front of a hearse, with four folk in it, and a dead body. Oh, it must have been a nightmare. Do we know that it was definitely Los Angeles that you went to? Yeah, it was LAX Airport. Yeah, okay. The Lufthansa flight was announced. All right. So, um, so they went to Shady Pines. No, no they go to Slumberink. Slumberink. I keep on thinking it's Shady Pines. No. Something else completely. Uh-huh. Um, and he, uh, he gets whacked over the head. Oh, wait, 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 we're going to we cremate no, the you, body. You do all of that. Man. They cremate the body. And the chapel is very 70s as well. They cremate the oh, body. Oh, wait, wait, we have not commented. Uh-huh. On just the people walking off the plane, which you oh, loved. Yes, yes, I rewound that bit to watch again. When the 70s disembarked from a plane, <laughs> every every single person that got off that plane looked more like the 70s than the one in front of them. And you're like, that's a, oh, so 70s. Oh, no, that's, oh, no, that's, oh, that is so 70s. Yeah, I loved that bit. Um, yeah, but in the, the my I think my favourite few seconds of Diamonds Are Forever, and you know I love Diamonds Are Forever, as you may or may not be able to tell, um, are the bit when Morton Slumber takes Bond into his office to uh, wait for the ashes to come out of the um, cremator. Uh, first of all, that doesn't happen very very fast like that. But even leaving that aside, there are. Two or three seconds of basically a pregnant pause while Bond and Morton Slumber wait for the ashes. That is just so awkward. <laughs> it's like, are we doing this? Yeah, we're doing it. Oh, thank God this guy's come in with the arm. Uh, so they give him the arm and they tell him where to put it. Uh, he puts it in the um, in the sort of wall of remembrance. Mm-hmm. Gets knocked out by Winton Kidd and dragged off. Shady Tree picks up the arm from the... Um, Mm-hmm. From the neck, the niche, as they say in America, uh, and then Bond is put into another coffin, and is about to be cremated himself. How will he escape? We do not know. How could it possibly happen? He's bound to die, but then he doesn't die because Shady Tree opens the coffin and says, "Where are the real diamonds? You dirty low down, double crossing, limey fink. Those goddamn diamonds are phonies." So he doesn't say that, but um, 
So this is what I don't understand. He looked honestly concerned that he was in a coffin burning up. But yes. then he plays it cool as if he knew all along... Because the money wasn't real. Because the money wasn't real, that that meant... Well... If the money was real, they wouldn't burn him. Yeah. Which means that they did honestly think he was going to burn him. Mm-hmm. So why is he playing it cool? I don't know. This, this, this film is... You could say that that shows that this film was poorly written, but I think it shows that this film was brilliantly written because it was written for 1971 and for the fact that we'd all be being just yeah fine next next what oh, this is so exciting what's going on so I think I think actually it's like don't sweat this bit because they won't notice it unless for some reason somebody works out a way that you can show films in your house over and over again endlessly but that's never going to happen is it no no way let's go so he's out. And he's got, and he says, I'll tell you where the real diamonds are when you give me the real money. Where are the real diamonds? <laughs> At this point. I'm not sure we ever actually find out where the real diamonds really are. Well, no, um, Felix Leiter and Q says that they've got them. But so we don't know where. Unless there's like a, a body switch or something like that. Could be. Um, and they're bringing them along. Um, and then Bond goes to Vegas. Yep. To do some gambling. And it is a bit like Vegas tourism, mm-hmm. but it looks really shabby. That's because that was 70s Vegas. I know. That's, that's a real casino they're filming. A brand new casino that Circus Circus is. But it, it just looks so tacky, <laughs> doesn't it? It looks like a film set. Oh. <laughs> like a film set of a film made in Britain where they couldn't afford to get enough machines and stuff. But that's actually Vegas. Yeah, no. I know, it was pretty ridiculous, wasn't it? And then we meet... Oh, no, we don't get meat. So, we see... All right, you do the bit with... Do we see Shady Tree on stage? Yes. yes. he's awful. <laughs> that's his, but that's, that's the big finish of his act that we saw there. Yeah, but I think he's... I think, again, I think he's meant to be awful. Mm. I don't think we're meant to think he's he, a funny he's guy. He's not going to change his act in 40 years. In 40 years, yeah. Um... But he's next for the Winton kid. Not yes, there. but then once they knock him off, they Part get told sex, that they need Tree Alive to get the real diamonds, and, and they just went, oh, that's annoying. Because <laughs> we've already killed him. Yeah. I don't really understand why they needed Tree Alive to get the real diamonds. Oh, it's, big. Oh, it's, it's just he's that bit of it, and we haven't actually yeah. gone past it as yeah, much as we thought. It's almost like it's a sort of, you know, the, the, this this chain cannot change in any way. These diamonds have to be yeah. picked up by Shady Tree. There is no other option now. Uh, but he's dead, so we're not going to be having to do that. And then we meet Plenty O'Toole. Yes, who is a dice gal. But I quite like the name. Ah, I am Plenty. But of course you are. <laughs> Plenty O'Toole. Named after your father, perhaps. Yeah. This is a good lines. This is... This is this is the this is as this is how Bond this is actually genuinely funny and this is how Bond films should be funny like mm. this. Yes, and then oh, we have a real incoherent. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Incoherent croupier that goes. <laughs> and if I had a clue what craps was actually meant to do, then <laughs> you wouldn't be getting any closer to it by this no. guy. <laughs> So, and then we go back to Bond's apartment. With Plenty. With Plenty, who's just met him, but, you mm-hmm. know, he's given her five grand, so she's up for it. Yep. And yeah, she wasn't the other guy that we saw her with. I know, because he'd he, blown all the money. he hadn't won any money. And um, he takes her dress off. She goes to powder her nose or something. Mm-hmm. And then he suddenly realises, the room is full of people. Yes. Did not notice this before. Now, this is where we get, I think this is the, this is the, this is the, the nearest line that's nearest to the knuckle so far. You appear to have caught me with more than my hands up. That's oh! That's what he says. I didn't get that. You don't get that? Oh, no, that's, that can't play. I think that's, it's, a, it's, that is a real joke. He's talking about his cock there. He's talking about his cock. <laughs> right. Touch it, stroke it, and undress it. That's the line from the song. <laughs> okay, I thought you were just asking me to. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is like the blue version of, of a podcast. <laughs> 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 
so um so but then the men grab the panty clad O'Toole and throw her out the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into the pool. Which I thought was a bit harsh. And then, yeah, she splashes in the pool. And he goes, good shot. And the henchman goes, didn't know there was a pool there. <laughs> Which I <think> is brilliant. <laughs> um, and then they leave. Mysterious. Because he's like, all right, let's get down the business. What's the story? And look, they just leave. They just leave. And then he's like, so someone else here. Which indeed there is. And they, he sees a handbag and knows that it's... Uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. And we see him, well, we hear him talking to Tiffany. And I was getting really annoyed by the sound quality at this oh, point. Oh, I'm going to go on about this, yeah. Because he, he you can tell they're, they're trying to make it as if he's walking around, mm-hmm. which is why you're kind of coming in and out of sound. Mm-hmm. But it's just irritating. But that's what happens. That, okay, that That's not what the song, that's not what the film sounded like in 1971. That's what the film sounds like now, because it's all got to be in 5.1. But, of course, we're not watching it in 5.1, because, you know, we're not made of bloody money. Um, so this is like, that will come out of that speaker. But we haven't got that speaker, so it just sounds very quiet coming out of that speaker. Oh, is it? Is this my version? I don't know what you're going on about 5.1, like Dolby stereo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So can the, I think we should have on Blu-rays An at least a for- stereo option. But really, you have the original mono track that you heard in 1971. But, but that's because you're a purist. I, I, yeah, I think I've had this discussion on the podcast before. Discussion, inverted commas. Rant. <laughs> Rant on the podcast before. So anyway, but then you suddenly realise, because the joke's on us, that he was getting undressed. Yes. And and she says something about... Um, yeah, she said, she said something that you suddenly like, oh my God, she was talking about... His cock. There's more to you than I thought. Yes. That's what she says. And then he's like, well, it sounds like I'm the condemned man. You're my hearty breast- the breakfast. Happy breakfast. Very uh, Scottish way of pronouncing breakfast there. I won't try and be Scottish. Um, so, yeah, so they shag. Yeah, and through the power of Vaughn shagging, as we've seen before, she goes from being a baddie to being a goodie. Well, she goes well, slightly towards being a goodie. No, I think it's always a ruse. To find out from him where the diamonds are. Uh, yeah, but I think she's genuinely saying, "Let's you and me no, share no. the diamonds." Do you not know think so? No. Well, I think that's like the step on the way to. No, no, no. Oh, I okay. think I think she's just using it to find out where the diamonds are. Okay. Um. So then we have circuit the scene at circus, which mm-hmm. uh, it's got Felix lighter in it. This is her going to get the diamonds. Go, and and. He's got like thirty men all over the circus, so mm-hmm. she won't be able to get away without with the diamonds. It'll be fine. And Bond goes, "Are you sure?" And goes, "Yes, Bond." I'm and then sure. they all get distracted by a woman, and we realise it's not going to be fine. Yes, <laughs> but I quite like the the secret undercover agents using a big walkie-talkie. <laughs> They're also all dressed exactly like you would imagine CIA agents to be dressed. I know it wasn't um, subtle. So, um, although oddly, that see that the, the big walkie-talkie that he was using, he almost got a, the film. This film has now almost got to a point where it almost gets away with that because it just looks like a mobile phone that he's talking. Yeah, on. but they didn't know that at the time. I know, but do you see how isn't it funny how time yeah. time resolves the issue for us? Maybe, maybe. Uh, so we do see quite a lot of circusy scenes in this. Mm-hmm. She gets the diamonds by not blowing up a balloon. Yep, and the guy, the kid next to her, was not happy. No. Blow up your pants. Um, And then as she's walking out, we have a man just with a random elephant. He pulls the (laughs) one-armed bandit. (laughs) Puts the jackpot. And then is really pleased that he's won it. I love this film. (laughs) I'm a little bit uncomfortable because of the use of animals. Oh, but that elephant would be dead by now anyway, so... The fact that it was mistreated in 1971 is surely neither he nor there. That elephant would have been mistreated whether or not it was going to be in a James Bond film. So, you know. I don't think that's good enough argument. <laughs> no. Quench your conscience. Oh. Feel bad. I feel bad. Okay. It's not as good as the pregnant boss in Milton Slumber's office, but it's pretty good. Um, And then we see the horror of a, a yeah. black girl turning into a monkey. Well, oh, all right, okay, okay, okay. 
All right, yes, that is very bad, very poor. But again, something that probably went on in casinos and oh, I'm sure it did, but we need to mark that it yeah it is a different time. They do though say that it's a that it's the product of a um. Hideous human experiment. So it's not like suggesting that this is something that naturally happens to this girl. No. So, it's so, it's so unfortunate d- 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 No, okay, fair enough. She but that's all a ruse as well to... Uh, well, she uses that opportunity mm-hmm. to slip out because the, the entrance. the gorilla escapes from... escapes. Yes. Do you think that... I, pre- I presume that that happens no, eventually. Yeah, 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 that's meant yeah to the gorilla escapes from the cage and she goes out the back. Yes. And then they all have to admit that they've lost her. Yeah. Um, so then, this is where it becomes complicated because there are scenes missing. Because then Bond goes to her house. How does he know where her house is? We don't know, but he does. And when she comes in and says, you made me wait ages for uh, for diamonds that were never there, she's like, well, did he? Um, she then notices that her wig is in the pool, but it's not her wig. It's plenty of tool drowned in the pool. Who came to look for her? Yeah, there is a deleted scene that explains why she did that and how she knew about Tiffany Case, etc. Go on, fill me in the details. I can't remember. I've watched okay. the pages. All right. That's <laughs> but it, it, when you see that scene, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. So at least they try. You know, that's mm. not their fault. It's the editor's fault, not the not the writer's fault. Mm. Um. So, Bob, Bond knows where the diamonds are because they are in the dog that she won. The dog, which is a very 70s prize, a very 70s cuddly toy prize. But, but she, yeah, she tells them where it is in the end. How do they know to go to the locker? Well, I think they told her to put it in the locker. No, she must tell them. Yeah. It's in the locker. Yeah. I think maybe because she gets scared by seeing Plenty O'Toole. Because he kind of goes, they'll be after you next. Oh, he tells, she tells Bond where she put it. Yeah. So that's the only point. And it's not really because she's actually turning to be a goodie, mm-hmm. but just she's scared. Right. So I think that's the But only she'll point. be next. Yeah. Because she's probably thinking, yeah, you're right, I haven't got another point. I, I haven't got another link in this chain to be, mm. so I am probably next. But Bond's watching when the uh, oh, when they pick toy up, yeah. gets picked up and put into a van. Uh, which is um, the man White's right-hand man. He's driving the van, Bert Saxby. Yes. He drives it to a petrol station mm-hmm. where he hands it over to someone who we discovered later is Dr. Professor, Professor Dr. Metz, Joseph First, nothing in the world can stop me now. Uh, he's in a Doctor Who. Okay. He's also, do you remember those Orange adverts when it was like film stars pitching yeah. ideas to the guys from Orange? And there was like the main guy who's American and another guy who's British, bald guy but kind of gingery. No. No, he's he's uh, he's a comedian called Steve First. He's Joseph First's son. Okay. Anyway, there we go. So um, so then she parks her car in front of the van so that he mm-hmm. can't drive away. Why does she do that? So that Bond can get in the back of the van. Why does Bond want to do that? So that he can see where they're going by being in the van. Except the van tells you on the side where it's going. Yes, well, we don't know that's where it was going. We <laughs> no, fair enough, fair going. enough. But what I have an issue with mm-hmm. is when she was doing all the chatting and wailing about sus stamps or whatever is um, distracting them, the guy behind the van is also mm-hmm. beeping, saying, come on, let us out. Uh-huh. Does he not see Bond climb into the back of this van? Because he's, <laughs> like, right there. Bond is a very, very good secret agent. <laughs> I don't know if this has passed you by in watching these films. He could get into that van without that guy noticing. He might have got in the side. So I love that. I love that bit in the in the forecourt as well because that really shows plenty of plenty of tool. Uh, Tiffany Case, you know, she's got something about her. Yeah, no, she to, does. She to, can turn to, it on just yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my star? You had your chance and you blew it, Carly. <laughs> you keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and I'll give you a shot in the mouth. I think she's great. No, she did. But eventually she gets out of the way. Yeah. And they drive to white tectonics. And they go down and down and down. Five levels! Five levels down. Down, uh, down, Until they and down. open up to the second type of secret lair that we get in Bond films. The underground so, secret lair. 
like the underground laboratory type. Science lair. Yes, science mm-hmm. lair. Um, and again, he does a clever thing trying to chat to people to get in through the door without them realising. Mm-hmm. And he does a very good scene of chatting to the other guy who works there, ma- not making on... Close hair, Gashomer. Yeah. G-section. Um, not making on that he doesn't work there and, and be so confident and suave mm-hmm. about it that he gets sucked in. Um, to the point where he even gets a radiation protector. <laughs> of his own, yeah. Um, very clever. And then, so he then goes into where the professor went with mm-hmm. all the diamonds, claiming to be the guy doing mm-hmm. the check on the radiation. Klaus Hergesheimer, see it. Klaus Hergesheimer. Mm-hmm. G-section. G-section. Um, and he gives all the back chat about, I'm not that important, but I do have a job to do. <laughs> yeah, this was very good, that one. It was good. It was good, the little people. Aye. But um, but I don't really know what he actually learnt apart from um, the professor saying on the phone to someone. Right. Yes, we do. Oh yeah, WW. Mm-hmm. But we do have um, we have enough to complete now or something. So yeah, so he knows it's close. Some kind of climax of the mm-hmm. event. Yeah, of the diamonds. Yeah, and then um, but. And then he leaves, Bond leaves, mm-hmm. having learnt this. Something about marching band that I don't really understand. Oh, he plays a cassette of the world's greatest marchers. Is that some kind of explanation? Well, the professor seems to be very interested in it. A very mm. keen. He doesn't mess about with it. Although I think the professor's just keen to get the fuck off now. I know. Um, and what are the chances the minute he walks out the door, the real Klaus Hirschmeiner, oh, whatever his Hirsch name is, G section, chicken, radiation, walks in to do exactly the same thing, and they go. <laughs> His cover is blown. <laughs> and that's where we paused it. And that's where we stopped. So I still don't know what the hell they're doing with all these diamonds. Well, we know that it's something, it's something technological now, don't we? Yeah, so they're going to fire a, a laser to laser the moon. Laser to the know. moon. Okay. But something big. All right. So why is Willard White doing something with these diamonds, who is supposedly richer than Croesus? Well, he's been up in his pen for years. Diamonds? So maybe it's helping him escape from his capture scenario. Oh. No, I think it'll be some kind of um, acrophobia that's keeping him up there. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Bit. He's meant to be like Howard Hughes. Like, I don't know who that is. He was the famous recluse. How is he? Yes, he was very wealthy. He's in that, that film, The Aviator, that's about him. He became a recluse afterwards, kept his bottle of piss in the fridge and that kind of thing. Was he just mad? Yeah. Well, supposedly not. Supposedly he just decided that Kenny was going to, that Kenny was really rich, and all that kind of thing. So he. I think it's your ultimate goal, darling. That would be quite good. Put that jar of piss in the fridge. No, just, <laughs> just to be left alone because yeah. he didn't have to earn any money. Oh, well, he's not though. Bart Sack was like moaning at him about wanting credit in the casino. It's like just get on with it, Bart. Anyway. That's where we left it. So that's where we left it. Do you think James Bond's going to win? Yes. What What do you think? That you don't. I mean, you haven't got laser pirate at the moon is your best. Maybe the moon, but that's yes, what we like for, that. Yes, uh, for for what's happening with the diamonds. Yeah. Okay. Shall we talk about everyone's favorite moment? <gasps> is it TV listing time? It's TV listing time. TV listing time. Yeah. Diamonds are forever. <laughs> diamonds are forever. Premiered mm-hmm. on what for you, no doubt, will have been a very special Christmas Day. Although also a very sad Christmas Day, because it's the only Christmas Day that you spent on this planet without me being on this planet. Oh, my first Christmas Your day. Your first Christmas Day. Are you just telling the world that I'm how older old than you? you are. <laughs> I'm you how old you are. On the 25th of December, 1978, on Christmas Day, um, at quarter to seven, Diamond, diamonds are forever. Your evening action starts right here. With an invitation to join James Bond in his most incident-filled adventure since Dr. No. Incident-filled. Discovering that large quantities of diamonds are being smuggled out of South Africa and stockpiled by a wealthy racketeer, Secret Service Chief M sends Agent 007 to Amsterdam. Under an assumed name, Bond contacts a girl, Tiffany Case, and is briefed to smuggle 50,000 carats of stolen diamonds to Los Angeles in a steel coffin. You can tune in at quarter past seven because you won't have missed anything <laughs> because of this synopsis. And also, some of that's not true. He isn't actually, you know, he, they don't tell him 
to smuggle it in a steel coffin. We think that's his idea, mm. don't we? Although we also think it maybe can't be his idea. Yeah. Um, right, so that was ITV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of around about that. Muppet Show, 1815. Oh, that's quite good. With one. special guest Danny Kaye. And at 9 o'clock, the Morpham Wise Christmas Show. Also good. Uh, with Jan Hunt, Leonard Ruster, Frank Finlay, Harold Wilson, but no Eddie Braben. So, even by Harold Super Wilson, Sons, like the Prime Minister. Prime Minister okay. Harold Wilson, yes. But no Eddie Braben on writing duties. So, even by Subs, Barry Cryer and John Junkie's own assessment, it were shit. Uh, on the BBC One, their big uh, premiere was The Sound of Music at mm. 20 past that four. That is quite a good film. Lasted till 10 past seven. Then there was Some Mothers Do Have Them, uh, the last ever episode, or at least for 40 years, the one when Frank takes flying lessons. Followed by the Mike Yarwood Christmas Show, having done such good business the year before. Special guests were ABBA, playing If It Wasn't For The Night, in the Generation Game Sketch, and Thank You For The Music. Three weeks before Agneta and Bjorn got a divorce. And then at quarter to nine, True Grit, A Further Adventure. The BBC's film <laughs> section says, will this do? Uh, and Bootsy 2 had Baker on board. Newsreader and formal naval reservist Richard Baker is invited to sail the task force exercising in the Pacific off Central America. Then, a repeat of the Queen. Then Anne Hughes, her book in which I write what I write what I do when I have the time. A dramatisation of a farmer's wife's diary from the 19th century. <laughs> it's almost like they weren't really trying on Bootsy 2. 2035, the news. Here is the news. It's Christmas. And then at quarter to nine, The Count of Luxembourg, an operetta in German. Nice. That's a textbook BBC Two Christmas night, isn't it? So are you Sound of Musicking or are you Diamonds Are Forevering? I think I might Diamonds be Sound of Musicking. Well, luckily, if you read the synopsis, you can drop in. But then I'll drop into Diamonds Are Forever Okay, you then, I'm now going to give you an option. You can do the 15th of March, 1981. The 4th of May 1986, or the 2nd of May 1988, which showing do you want to hear about? 2nd of May 1988. 2nd of May 1988. It is on ITV at 8 o'clock, Diamonds Uh Followed at quarter past ten by the news. Here is the news. It is May Day. Um, before it, Coronation Street. Uh, BBC One had the Russ Abbott Show, followed by Jaws 2. Ooh. Premiere. Now I know, I remember this. We watched Jaws two. Ah, oh, scandalous. I remember that. Were you annoyed? No, because I hadn't. I'd never seen a James Bond film at that point. But somehow my parents felt that it was more suitable for a nine-year-old boy to watch Jaws two than Diamonds Are Forever. I think maybe we'd just seen Diamonds Are Forever, possibly on every other show. Uh, you know, been on. Um, BBC two. How old were you when you saw your first Bond? I was ten. So it wasn't far. No, it was. This. It was about a year after that. Mm-hmm. Avid listeners of the podcast will know that because that's why we started with The Man with the Golden Gun. That was the first one that I saw. Oh, I see. Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun. That's another one where the songs actually could be about his cock. Just like Diam- Diamonds Are Forever. That's not about his cock. What? Diamonds Are Forever. Hold one up and then caress it. Touch it. Stroke it and undress it. Could be a girl. It could be a cock. <laughs> uh, BBC Two on the second of May 1988 had the World Snooker Final in which Steve Davis beat Terry Griffiths 18 to 11, and then at 10 o'clock Fleetwood Mac at 21 includes archive performances of every lineup of Fleetwood Mac, to which I have noted every lineup. I am sceptical. But since I've never seen that program, I'll probably never know. On Channel Four, eight o'clock Brookside, half past eight Kate and Alley. Uh, nine oh, o'clock. Do you remember that? Uh, Revolution revisited democracy. I look at the political upheavals of the nineteen sixties, and at ten o'clock, the film Medium Cool. So, do you think you were diamonds after him, or you wouldn't have been snooker? It's only between that and Jaws. Jaws too. I think I'll be diamonds after him. So that is TV listings. I should do a supplement if you want to know all the TV listings. I should do a wee extra bit at the end that folks could listen to. Write in and tell us, guys. <laughs> How could they do that, Fiona? From some kind of Twitter or email forum? Yes. Email. The email address would be what? What do the email address would be for this wondrous podcast that you are so committed to? 
<laughs> Quantum of Misses, that's MRS, at gmail.com. Correct. And the Twitter handle? Is at Quantum of Misses, that's MRS. Well done. Well, clearly you can deal with the rest of it yourself. Yes, thank you very much. Join us next time when there'll be a little bit of him. No, we don't see that bit in this time. We, Why have you given me the book then? <laughs> make a fool of you. <laughs> fool of you. <laughs> this time we say Quantum of Misses will continue after, after the news. news.